Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. It's Wednesday night. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time, so you know what it is. It's time for another episode of Punch the Face Radio. I'm your host, Brandon Stubbs. Appreciate you joining me here this evening. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about... uh, Terrence Crawford's uh, ascension uh, to the reign, reigning on top of the 147-pound division. Uh, we'll also talk about Earl Spence Jr., who will be fighting this weekend. So uh, we'll talk about those two matching up, the return of Tyson Fury. Uh, we'll talk some um, retirement of David Hay and some other things as well. Uh, and we should be joined, I'm assuming here at the top of the hour, here in a little bit by uh, Joe Smith Jr., uh, Joe Smith Jr., former uh, contender here in the light heavyweight division, who's making his comeback uh, from injuries. Been almost a year away. He'll be fighting here at the end of this month up in the Mohican Sun, up in Connecticut. So we're going to talk to him about his return and uh, the landscape of the light heavyweight division. So he'll be joining us here a little bit later here in the show. Um, don't know exactly when, but hey, when he pops up, we'll answer the call. Uh, so we got Joe Smith Jr. joining us here tonight. Uh, as our guest, and um, yeah, we're just here to talk boxing, folks. So um, while we're waiting to hear from Joe, let's kind of get into the news of the day that's kind of uh, kind of broke uh, on me here late this afternoon that I honestly thought it was a joke uh, when we started talking about timelines and deadlines, but the deal is now done. It is now in place for September 15th. We will finally get Triple G versus Canelo Part 2 uh, in Las Vegas that weekend, um, Mexican Independence Day weekend in Las Vegas. So the fight's finally going to happen. I'm I'm a little bit indifferent about this, and I'm not overly excited about it, but I'm also not uh, completely downing it either. You know, for me, I'm a little bit salty because I made plans and, you know, everything was set up for me to be there to watch this fight in May, and that didn't happen. So I'm a little bit salty that now the fight is booked again in September, and more than likely I'm not going to be able to make it out there. So I'm a little bit salty about that. I I will say that from a personal aspect. I'm salty about it. I'm not really feeling um, the situation with that. I'm also a little bit salty and and maybe a little bit skeptical that the fight is actually going to happen. Uh, Given the fact of what happened here and the fight getting canceled in May, Forgive me for not being overly enthused and, and having a little bit of skepticism in regards to this rematch going off without a hitch. Um, you know, right now Canelo is still suspended. He won't be eligible to reapply for his license in Nevada until August. So, um, you know, with that being stated, we could still see some shenanigans. We still could. Let, let's let's just be honest. Though. The, the way the first fight went down, I mean, excuse me, the, the first time around I'm trying to do the rematch here, uh, for May, you know, you know, bear with me if I'm a little bit skeptical about this happening. Now, do I hope it happens? Do I hope it happens? Absolutely. That would be great for boxing. Uh, we need him 
to both of these gentlemen. We need both of them for boxing because this is a big event. As I stated last week with Adam Abramo, which shout out to Adam, as in boxing, or SaturdayNightBoxing.com. Uh, but as I stated last week, boxing needs big events to rally behind, and this is a big event for boxing to rally behind. Uh, we don't have those Mayweather fights. Uh, we won't get Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder more than likely here in America. So the next biggest bout to make are, is the next two biggest stars in the sport of boxing, and that is Saul Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. Uh, those are the next two biggest stars. They've had a good fight the first time uh, last September. You know, it was it, it, very questionable scoring in regards to the way that fight ended. So the rematch, you know, was inevitably going to happen. So it's good for boxing. It, it'll get mainstream media. It'll get a lot of mainstream appeal. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just kind of – I'm handling this one with kid gloves right now because I, I just don't know until we get sooner and closer to it how much I believe the fight's actually going to happen because I have to be a little bit skeptical just because of the way the first rematch was set up, it was going to happen. It didn't happen the way that we thought it was going to happen. Uh, we had a guy suspended. We had Triple G fighting a, a guy who had been pretty much on the shelf for almost two years. It just seemed it was just very odd every, the way everything played out in May. So, you know, I hope for everyone's sake this involved with this, this fight goes off without a hitch. But forgive me for being a little bit skeptical in regards to everything happening with no problem. I wanted to. Boxing needs it. Uh, we we got a lot of good energy right now in the sport, a lot of good matchups being made, good fights happening. So I, I want it to happen with no problem. But given the history, it just it makes me want to just pause and have some hesitation uh, to getting completely behind this come September. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of jockeying in regards to this fight. Uh, from both promoters' aspects, from fighters' aspects. Uh, you had a deadline here today, which I thought was pretty cheesy and kind of uncalled for, but I think that all parties knew this was where this fight had to go. There was no other options for either guy that made a ton of sense. Uh, the names were being thrown out for both guys didn't make a lot of financial sense for both of them, and this is the sport of boxing to where it's more of a business uh, than it is, uh, you know, competitiveness. It's, it's the, the fighters want to maximize their earning potential while they can. You know, to a degree, you can't blame them. I mean, they're putting their bodies in the line out there. So, you know, when the names are being floated around of some of their opponents, Billy Joe Saunders, Charlo, um, Spike O'Sullivan, uh, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Jacobs, there's a Dern Chinkoff or Chinkoff. Um, so, I mean, th there was names floated around that didn't have the same buzz or sizzle from a financial aspect for both fighters than they do together. So we'll see what happens here. Obviously, we get closer to it. I had a, uh, I'll have a uh, better idea in regards to my feeling for it, but um, really until he gets cleared here in August, I, I just want to tell everybody just, just pause a little bit on this because it could still be some wackiness that can happen. Let's face it, this is the sport of boxing. We know boxing it oftentimes – uh, cuts his nose off despite his face. So uh, let's hope everything happens with no problem. So Triple G Canelo Part 2 is now set up here for September 15th. So we'll see how that goes the closer we get to time. So that fight has now been made. Uh, another one I kind of want to get on here before we start talking about um, some of the fights that has happened is, um, you know, my grandmother used to have a saying, you know, it was, you know, shit or get off the pot. 
And that's where I'm at right now in regards to Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. These two are another two classic example of men uh, jockeying and saying certain things. You know, either you're going to fight or not. Now, there's been word that Anthony Joshua's got a fight booked now against um, Alexander Povetkin here for, I think, September over there in the U.K. Deontay Wilder's still looking for a dance partner. Uh, you know, his people are saying they've offered him $50 million to Anthony Joshua for the fight. They're also willing to go over to the U.K. and fight. And it's just been a lot of unnecessary jockeying and tweeting and videos posted. Just just fight if you're going to fight, you know. It's getting to the point to where I'm annoyed by everything and really getting annoyed by these two, uh, mainly Deontay Wilder's part. Now, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to put the PR spin on it that they're doing their part uh, to make the fight happen. It's the other party involved who isn't. And um, I don't know if that's completely true. I really don't care at this point. Uh, it's one of those things I would not want to hear the other guy say the other man's name until the fight is actually booked and made. I'm getting tired of this constant, oh, I'm going to go on Twitter and put, put this video up, and oh, I'm going to do this meme. You know, if you're going to do the fight, just do the fight. If you're not going to do it, move on, fight somebody else. But it's getting to the point to where these two are getting – they're agitating me to where I'm really starting not to care if I ever see the two fight again or not. Um, fight against each other, uh, for that matter, truth be told, because it's getting to the point to where it's going to become an irrelevant fight. Um, you know, I say that with some trepidation because we do have Dylan White versus uh, Joseph Parker booked. Uh, we also have the return of Tyson Fury. Now, Tyson Fury didn't look spectacular uh, this past Saturday uh, in his return bout in over almost two and a half years of being out of the ring, uh, but he got a few rounds in before his opponent uh, quit and didn't start the uh, fifth round and come out for the fifth round. So he ended up scoring a TKO win. Um, you really can't make much of an assessment from that fight. Uh, nothing that I can genuinely say. Uh, I took away and then I can say that, you know, he looked, you know, X, Y, Z. You just can't, given the, the small sampling size of the fight we saw of him. Uh, the bright side is he will be back in action here in August, he's going to be on a Carl Frampton undercard. So he's going to be back in action. I want to say it's August 18th. He'll be back. So, you know, him getting in rounds is important. I think that's the most, folk, you know, the most important thing he can do right now. Uh, that's something Adam had said on last week's show. Then, you know, he needs to know how quickly Tyson Fury gets back in the ring. And that'll show us how serious he is about returning and being in top form. Now, as far as what he does next, I think he should do have another somewhat of a light touch. In regards to his next opponent, uh, I know Luis Ortiz has uh, thrown his name out there saying he wants that fight against Tyson Fury come August. I think it's a little bit too soon for something of that degree for Tyson Fury coming off of a layoff, uh, and especially since we have a soft touch his first fight out. Uh, Tony Belluz, a fight that's also been uh, mentioned here later this year. That would make more sense for later this year. Not so much his next fight here in August, uh, but... You know, he, he we need Tyson Fury in the heavyweight division. Let's let's just be completely honest here. Uh, with guys like Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua jockeying first position and wanting to fight each other, not fight each other, it, it gets kind of boring. We need another name out there. We need a guy who's uh, can still be recognized as being the champion. And in all honesty, Tyson Fury is. He never lost his belts in ring. He lost them outside of the ring due to his personal issues, and he is still the lineal champion. He's the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. So he is still the lineal heavyweight champion. 
that's something Deontay Wilder nor Anthony Joshua can completely claim right now. Uh, they won their belts, you know, via vacancies. So, you know, right now, Tyson Fury, if he can get back on the 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 right pathway, would be the guy to beat in the heavyweight division because, again, he beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. Uh, that's nothing Deontay Wilder can say. He won his WBC championship after uh, the other Klitschko brother, um, Vitaldi, uh, dropped his belt and retired. So he won his baby vacancy. He never fought Klitschko to get that belt. Uh, in Anthony Joshua's case, you know, he won his titles. Uh, he won titles that were vacated once uh, Tyson Fury had his issues. He won those belts when he fought Vladimir Klitschko. So, you know, you, you have to keep these kind of things in mind. And, and I, honestly, I'm going to be more hyped to see Tyson Fury fight one of these two right now than what I would about seeing Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight each other. But my message to both of these gentlemen, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, shit or get off the pot. Uh, we don't want to keep hearing you guys bicker back and forth every week online. Um, just stop it. You know, if you're going to make the fight, make the fight. If not, let's find other fights for you guys to get in. Let's, let's stay busy. Let's stay active and focus on that fight. And then if once that fight is over, go back to the negotiation table uh, to try to get this fight to happen. But uh, right now, I don't see this fight happening here in 2018. Honest to God, I probably don't see it until sometime second quarter 2019 when these guys' options really run out. Uh, because if you know, if Anthony Joshua goes the direction and fights a Tyson Fury, which are making a hell of a lot more money over there in the UK, Deontay Waters is going to have no choice but to step back and find an alternative, find a, a plan B. Uh, out there for him because right now there's no plan B. So uh, let's hope, let's see what happens and how things play all, play the, uh, play out here over the coming weeks and months. But I don't see that fight happening anytime soon. But I want those two to shit or get off the pot in regards to uh, taking everyone's attention span here in boxing. So move on, fellas, move on. Uh, let's see what else do we want to get into here. Uh, like I said, we're waiting on our guest uh, Joe Smith Jr. to join us here uh, at some juncture this evening here on the show, um, talk about his return here to the rink here on June 30th. Also, before I uh, get too much in that, I do want to give a big thank you uh, to Joe, uh, Joe DeGuardia of Star Boxing. Last week's show was our highest, highest rating show here of 2018. Uh, so big thank you to Joe DeGuardia and also, as always, uh, to Adam Abramowitz, who helped make that happen. So a uh, big, big thank you to uh, those gentlemen uh, for getting me the uh, highest show here of 2018 here for Punch the Face Radio. And if you're listening for the first time, uh, make sure uh, you follow me on Twitter, uh, BrandonP2TF. And as well, make sure you subscribe uh, so you never miss a show, whether it be through blogtalkradio.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio. Everything's the same. Just search Punch to the Face Radio. It's always the number two, not the word two. So always uh, search Punch to the Face Radio on all those platforms, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio to listen, subscribe, and share here to the boxing program. We do appreciate the love we get from the fans. So I want to throw that out there, shameless plug. Um, but let's talk about something, and, and then I'm going to kind of dig a little bit deeper into this. Um, Saturday night we had uh, we had boxing on. We had several different cards on. Uh, but the first one we'll talk about here is uh, Terrence Crawford versus Jeff Horn. Now, I'm going to get into the aspect of the ESPN app here momentarily. momentarily terribly, I'm saying terrible. That's probably a not good sign. Uh, but we'll talk about the ESPN Plus app here in a few moments. But let's first focus on the fight itself. Terrence Crawford 
you know, I was a little bit skeptical when we did last Wednesday's show on how he would look at 147. I said, let me let me kind of lock in and see how he looks at 147 before I, I say he's going to completely mop Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn seems like a sturdy guy. He's a legitimately bigger guy, natural welterweight, if you will. So I was like, let me see how he looks. Now, that was Wednesday night. So Friday, <laughs> Jeff Horn had issues making weight. Uh, the second I knew that happened, I was like, yeah, that, that's it. Um, I, I thought, honestly thought it would be eight rounds or better uh, for Terrence Crawford to be able to stop Jeff Horn. And it was kind of right on the same, right along those lines. Um, we knew there was issues going into the fight. We knew there were going to be some sort of built-in excuses from Jeff Horn's people. Uh, we heard everything from, um, you know, issues with the gym, um, you know, issues with the scales. They're stating that the scales uh, were um, were a little bit uh, off and kiltered. That's what they were uh, saying to the Australian media. Uh, that they thought the scales were rigged, and that's why Jeff ended up having to go back and, and burn off some extra weight to lose weight to, to where he can actually make the weight and didn't lose his belt on the scales. It was a lot of weird stuff. And then even after the fight was over and after Horn lost very convincingly, uh, his trainer saying he had blisters on his feet, and that caused him uh, the issues, and that's why he lost. You know, there's nothing worse in the world than someone who's a sore loser, who's someone who finds excuses and reasoning in their mind while they lost. So uh, to Jeff Horn and his whole squad for making the excuses they've made during fight week and now after the fight. Bro, blisters on your feet don't help your chin. Like, that that doesn't affect your chin in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, you can have blisters on your feet. And you can still get hit repeatedly on your chin. Those two really don't correlate. So let, let, let's not try to play that game here, guys. Uh, I thought that was really shitty on their part to do that uh, and not give Crawford his credit. They also thought the fight would stop a little bit early. Now, I, I, I kind of can see their their angle there. I can see where they're coming from in that aspect. But your guy was getting beat up. You know, the referee was kind of doing a mercy killing. You know, why continue to have him out there to continue to get punched in the face, no pun intended, uh, and suffer more damage? And, you know, if he had blisters on his feet, well, hell, get him off of his feet at that juncture. Let him let the fight end. So I thought that was really shitty. Now, a couple of things that I wanted to, you know, key takeaway points here uh, in regards to Terrence Crawford now 147. Uh, the power did move up. Now, he doesn't he doesn't really have that one-hitter-quitter power punch per se. Uh, we've seen him, you know, lay some guys out, but – he, it's more of an accumulation. It's one of one of those things. He's going to wear you down, and then once he gets you wear down to a certain aspect, those punches that he throws, which is pretty much the same velocity and power throughout the whole fight, they they really start to affect you then. So it's the steady accumulation, the consistency of the punches that do the damage to his opponents. And I thought we, that's what we saw here with the Jeff Horn fight. Uh, it was the accumulation, the consistency that he was doing, the shots he was landing. Uh, that that Horn just he had no answer for, and you could start you really could start to see that in those last few rounds of the fight. Also, something that I'll give credit to Adam Abramos for pointing this out um, is that Crawford does such a great job of switching uh, from you know from uh, orthodox to, to southpaw, and he he just throws such confusion to opponents there in ring to where they just don't have a chance. Uh, it, it's it, it's tough to watch sometimes because you can tell that his opponents just have no clue what's coming or what to do. 
And when you're fighting a guy who's that skilled and can confuse you that much, it is a wrap. You, you can't deal with it. It's tough. It's, it's tough to watch him completely. That's not tough to watch, but it's tough for, you know, to, to know that other guy on that other side of Terrence Crawford has no idea what, what to do. They don't know how to decode that. And that's something that Terrence Crawford is really good at. Something else he's good at, speaking of decoding, very similar to the way Floyd Mayweather uh, was definitely in his prime and his peak and definitely these last last few years of his career. Uh, Floyd would let his opponents pretty much you know, win those first couple of rounds, if you will. Uh, he's going to give them out a filling out process, and he's going to decode them, see what they're doing, and take it away. And that's what we see Terrence Crawford doing. Crawford unlike Floyd, sometimes takes a little bit longer than usual. Uh, you know, Crawford, sometimes we've seen in fights where he's gotten off to somewhat of a slow start or even uh, gotten dropped. You know, look at the Gamboa fight, for example. Uh, you know, he, he can maybe lose those first couple of rounds as he's trying to figure his opponent out. Uh, we didn't see that here on Saturday. I thought it was, you know, the, the halfway through the second round, I thought he had Jeff Horn figured out. And then I thought we really saw that going fourth round going forward. I thought we just saw Terrence Crawford figure out, uh, you know, he, he wasn't going to go for the rough housing, and he was just starting to pick him apart. Uh, Jeff Horn just had no answers uh, for that. It was, it was like I said, it was tough to watch somebody who have just had no chance whatsoever and get blown out. Um, so that now leads me to what's next for Terrence Crawford. Now, obviously, the fight all of us want to see. A fight that we're kind of celebrating over here at 147 is Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr., who fights this weekend, which we'll touch on here in a little bit. That's the fight we want to see. But the problem is, will the politics of boxing stop it and or delay it? And I think something that, again, I got to give credit to Adam Abramowitz. I'm giving him a lot of credit here, the first portion of the show, um, that he said last week is these guys got to develop a a following of more than just us hardcore fans. They got to really get a lot of people behind them in order for this fight to happen because if the fans demand it, the voices are loud enough, you know the money's going to come with it. And that's the key. It's going to be all about the money that comes with it for this fight to be made. If these two guys are big enough stars, the money is going to be made, and the promoters are going to do it. That's the key. I, I don't see there being an issue stopping PBC and Al Heyman you know, from working with um, Bob Arum and Top Rank. If the money's there and it makes sense, these two guys are very sensible guys. I could see them wanting to do a 50-50 split. You know, I don't think it would be a, anything about a 60, 67.5% and a 42.5%. I don't think it would be anything like that. It will be an even split because I think these guys get it. And I think they both know in the welterweight division right now, they're going to need each other to really bring out the best in one another. There's no really competition out there for them that I can see in the foreseeable future that can truly challenge them. These are the two best guys. Um, you know, right now over on the PBC side, that's where all the belts are. Uh, that's where, you know, the WBC title is going to be fought between Sean Porter and Danny Garcia at some juncture here, more likely in September or, or August. Uh, that's where Earl Spence holds a title. That's where Keith Thurman still holds a title somehow. Don't get me started on that one. 
So three of the belts are over there. Three of the four major belts are there, and then the WBO championship is with Terrence Crawford. Uh, in the meantime, Terrence Crawford more than likely will face, um, as it, I think it's Jesse uh, Benavidez. Uh, he's the older brother of David Benavidez. Uh, he's going to be the guy that, that's going to get the call next. Um, it, it, you just kind of see it lining up that way. Uh, they're both with top rank. Uh, Benavidez called out. Was talking crazy to uh, Terrence Crawford at a weigh-in a couple of months ago. So, I mean, I, I could see that happening. I, I could see that fight uh, coming to fruition. It, it's an easy fight for top rank to make. Put Terrence Crawford back on television. Helps buy him some time until um, in, until he can fight uh, Earl Spence. There's also a very good chance, to which if this happens, it would I, I kind of feel bad, but... Manny Pacquiao fights Lucas Matisse here next month in uh, Luca Campora. I think that's how you enunciate it. Um, they're going to fight next month here for Lucas Matisse's championship that he has here at 150, uh, 147. I could see if Manny Pacquiao wins, um, you know, Bob Aaron may be trying to do one last cash out with him. You know, this is a fight they tried to make once before. Manny Pacquiao priced himself out. Uh, he priced himself out because he's smart. He knows what the outcome would be. So, you know, it's Terrence Crawford may have fewer options compared to Earl Spence Jr. Earl Spence, you know, if he can go out and unify after he wins his champ, after he wins his fight here this weekend, uh, you know, he's got you know Keith Thurman who's still there. He's got a Porter or Garcia who will for hold the WBC championship at that point. So he's got guys he could go after and collect more belts from uh, if those if those guys are willing to fight him at this juncture. But uh, Terrence Crawford has a little less options or amount of options compared uh, right now to Earl Spence Jr. Now, to speak here on the ESPN app, and I, I got to say, I'm not, I'm on the fence about it. Now, I signed up here for the ESPN Plus app here for Saturday night so we could watch the fights. Um, I actually signed up for it. I have not canceled my, my free trial yet. I, I don't know if I will. I'll, I'll make that decision come Friday if I'm going to cancel it out arrive with it. It's four ninety nine for a month per month. You know, I'll I'll see. I may give it one more month and see how it goes, just to ride it out. So, you know, the question I'd ask was, you know, to some of the Twitter followers is what did you think here of the ESPN app? Now I'm gonna let you know my experience I had with it here on Saturday. So I was actually home and was able to turn on the undercard when they started here uh five thirty central time. So start the undercard fights. Um it took it a while to get set up. Now, I will say this. I, I'm doing mine through a, a Amazon Fire Stick. I know some people are doing it through a smart TV, uh, the Google Chrome cast, and then slinging it from their you know tablet or laptop to their TV. But I'm doing mine directly through the, uh, through the Fire Stick. And um, the ESPN app loads really slow through that uh, to get the initial setup done. So that was a little bit time-consuming. I'm glad I did that before the uh, bout started. So, you know, once I was able to get that loaded and, you know, bout started, I, I pressed on it and it played with no problem. Uh, the audio came through fine. The picture quality was, um, you know, like you're watching regular uh, cable. It was clean, pristine, you know, definitely high definition. Uh, but it did chop up and, and pause a couple times uh, throughout the undercard. And it did it again. Uh, I guess when the television portion of it, if you will, would have been shown them, where they had the co-feature fight of the night, where the app just completely dropped out. 
uh, to where it says uh, try again, and I lost my uh, lost my connection to the fight, where I had to exit out of the app and then log back, you know, log back into the show to the fight to watch the fight. So that went through with no problem, and then again it dropped right uh, when they were doing the ring walks for Crawford and for Jeff Horn. So I had to again, uh, you know, close and open back up. So that can get frustrating, and I, I can tell maybe when the fight, the main event is about to happen, how traffic may get a little bit more increased and can slow down that bandwidth and may have issues here for the provider. So I, I get that. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not totally upset about that because I understand technology enough to know these kind of things will happen. Uh, but I expected a little bit better out of ESPN for that. Now, another thing that I found to be kind of annoying that somebody brought up um, that, that I agree with that, if you're watching it through the app, you should have an option to where you can choose your audio, whether it be no audio at all uh, from the commentators, whether it be uh, you know some kind of alternative uh, you know, companion app to where maybe somebody else from the, the studio is talking about the fights. So, you know, say for instance, they have you know maybe a boxing roundtable as the fight is going on to where uh, you have Dan Rayfield or Teddy Atlas and uh, Andre Ward because I know he was there. You know, have some guys who work for ESPN and a fighter, maybe have those guys just kind of talking like, you know, you and your friends would as you're watching the fights live. Have them talk about the fights that the fight was going on. Is that audio? Uh, because I got I get annoyed and don't like Mark Kriegel. I, I've made that clear. I think he is horrible on the broadcast there for ESPN. And I know a lot of people feel the exact same way uh, to where we want an audio alternative. You know, why can't we have someone else? Why can't we have no audio at all? I'm perfectly fine with just watching the fights with no audio with it. I got no qualms with that. Uh, but, you know, that that's something that I, I wish they would look into and maybe have another signal feed there through the app for that to where you can do some sort of audio uh, switch if you want it. So that's something to suggest I maybe have for the next time out. But overall, all in all, I think the app was okay. You know, I'm not going to kill myself over it. Um but I'm going to give it a couple of more fights here on the app to see what I think. Now, my man Austin Plus, <laughs> a.k.a. Series of Dreams 4 here on Twitter, uh, a couple of slow hiccups, but otherwise de decent experience, solid B this time. I don't think they anticipated the audience tuning in. That may be uh, – uh, he's using big words. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it was the first time I had issues with the app. Um, incidental. I think that's what he's saying. Them isolated, excuse me. I probably just completely butchered that all together. So, you know, he's saying Austin's saying he thought it was a solid B. So he actually liked it, had no problem with it. And I agree. I think it's because of the amount of people they had streaming that may have caused those issues um, to uh, to to not happen. Uh, to where we had those issues. So let me go here to the poll. Let me see what the the poll results were. Um, Kind of light voting here, people, uh, but the voting one is followed. I'm kind of surprised no one actually voted for this. The options were loved it, had no problems, uh, not bad, few issues, uh, hated it, and the other option was who cares, already canceled it. Uh, no one actually voted that they canceled it, which I'm a little bit surprised on, given the fact of some tweets I saw Sunday morning. Uh, maybe some people aren't being 100% truthful here. Uh, other people said 11% uh, said they hated it, which I – I, I, I could see. I could see. You know, Some people might have had a lot of issues with it. And also, if you don't have the greatest of all internet connections in the world, that will also make that experience pretty shitty for you. 22% uh, said they loved it and had no problems. And then 67% said 
Uh, they not bad, but had a few issues. So I, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh, and that being, you know, the the, the question there is that yeah, it has a few bugs, but I, I think by the next time they have their next, you know, mid to major card on there, they'll get some things ironed out. I know they have a couple international fights they may show on here in the coming weeks. Uh, so, you know, good job by by them doing that. Uh, I will say this is kind of a non-related thing that I, I I was glad that I do have you know the ESPN app. Uh, the fights here Friday night uh, for Golden Boy that they had on ESPN were already tape delayed, but were delayed another hour and a half because of the NBA Finals and the post-game interviews. So, you know, I was able to watch the fights that I ended up missing, watching them on the app here yesterday uh, on replay. So. You know, there's that. So just keep that in mind, boxing fans. There are uh, some archives of some top-ranked fights there on there as well. It's only like two Miguel Cotto fights, which I am not enthused about. Uh, they need to get more Cotto fights. They're part of that app. Uh, so we can I can watch one of my favorite fighters of all time. Watch some of his classic fights. They're not on there. Uh, it's a little bit upset about that. But uh, overall, not, not a bad experience. So I would say give, it, give the app a try. I mean, it's a seven-day trial. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. No issues. But uh, we shall see how that pans out and how that goes forward. So there is that in regards to the ESPN app. Now, shout-out to my man, 10V54. So let me get into this the Earl Spence fighting here this weekend. Now, Earl Spence Jr. fights finally down in his hometown or close to his hometown down there in, in Dallas uh, this Saturday on Showtime against um, – I don't even know who the guy's name is, truth be told. It's uh, Apicampo. Um, even Earl Spence said he didn't know who he was. Uh, <laughs> I, I read a quote here from Earl Spence Jr. saying he didn't know who his opponent was. Um, to be honest, he said he just wanted to get this fight out of the way. Therefore, his mandatory was out of the way, and he could make bigger fights down the line. He didn't want this mandatory to pop up. Uh, maybe if he's trying to make a unification bout or he's trying to get a big fight you know, maybe uh, against someone else. That's not happening. So he's getting his mandatory out of the way. Uh, this goes to show you where Earl Spencer Jr.'s head is at. That's smart thinking. Not a lot of guys would think outside the box like that to where they know that that mandatory is going to come up at some juncture and wanting to get that mandatory out of the way. And I think sometimes that gets some fighters in trouble and not realizing you hold that belt. Uh, you can't just fight who you always want to fight. You have to fight guys uh, who are – you know, who've earned that right and who have that opportunity to get that title shot, just like you did when you got the championship. So uh, shout out to Earl Spence for at least realizing and understanding that, you know, he's got to fight mandatories whether he likes it or not, but he's at least getting this one out the way. Now his opponent is undefeated. It's Carlos Apacampo, uh, probably mispronunciated that, but we'll, hopefully he forgets me. He's a Mexico native, uh, 22-0 uh, with a total of 13 knockouts. Uh, he's primarily fought, um see where these fights are, but I don't think he's fought much here in America. And um, looking over his resume, it doesn't really have much of anybody of any true relevance on it, truth be told. Uh, so got a lot of guys I've never heard of, so I can understand why Earl Smith Jr. had never heard of him. Now, th like I said, this is his mandatory, so he gets this out of the way. Uh, for his IBF championship, he can then move on uh, to maybe make bigger fights. But uh, let's hope, like I said, the, the business of boxing doesn't get in the way. We actually see Spence 
versus Crawford. Uh, Crawford's done his part in one here this past weekend. Now it's Spence's turn uh, to do the same here this weekend. Now also here in the card, maybe the most, um, maybe a really intriguing fight, um, if you will. And I I think it's going to get broadcast is Jorge Fortuna versus Adrian Granados. Fortuna's moving up in weight. Uh, Granados is actually moving down a little bit in weight. Granados, as we've all seen in all of his fights, he's the he's the hard knock fighter. You know, he goes out, he fights hard, and seems to always get these weird draws or majority decision losses or split decision losses. Um, so you, you kind of you partly feel bad for him. You want him to see him, you know, get a clean win and and flourish because he's a hard worker. He's a good dude. Uh, Jorge Fortuna is maybe a guy who's. I don't want to say wasted talent. I, I don't want to go that route uh, because he's only got two career losses to Jason Sosa uh, that he lost to here uh, two years ago for the uh, WBA Super Featherweight title. And then him losing to Robert Easter here uh, earlier this year for the uh, IBF Lightweight title. So his two losses were all title fights, uh, one where he was making a defense and lost to Jason Sosa, one where he was challenging for a championship against Robert Easter. Um I thought he actually looked pretty good against Robert Easter. Um, Robert Easter kind of he, he fought a little bit better than he had in his previous fights. So I thought Fortuna fought fought, fought well. I mean, he, he gave it about gallant effort. He did lose a split decision uh, to Easter, uh, but now he's moving up in weight. Uh, he's going to now be fighting here at um, at one forty. Uh, four, yeah, it's going to fight here at 140. I think they're actually fighting at welterweight, uh, if memory serves me correct. So this actually is going to be at um, at welterweight. Hmm, well, that's interesting. Um, so let me double check here. But I want to say the fight's actually going to be here at 147. It actually it doesn't say. So, huh? Well, that's well, that's odd. Um, I know that this is going to be some sort of a weird catchweight uh, for them. Uh, this is going to be, you know, in between where they both normally fight at. So let me do some research and look at this up. But um, I do think this is actually going to be actually a really good fight, truth be told. Um, Granados is a grinder. He, you're not going to get away with anything easy uh, versus him. And uh, the same way goes for Jorge Fortuna. We've seen that he's gotten – Maybe he's a little bit more locked down as a fighter, so we'll see. Uh, this fight is super lightweight, so um, yeah, so it is at, at 140. So that'll be here at 140. This fight uh, for Fortuna and um, Adrian Granado. So I think that's is actually going to be a really intriguing and good fight uh, here on the undercard. Maybe even the, the maybe the one of the more competitive fights on the card. Because I don't look for the main event to be competitive, but Fortuna versus Granados uh, should be pretty good. There's also a WBA Super Bantamweight Championship fight, uh, Moises Flores, uh, undefeated fighter versus Daniel Ramon. And that'll be your co-feature of the night. Uh, otherwise than that, not a ton of uh, names on there. I do know, um, was it your, your, your Dinas, uh, you guys, uh, he's going to be back fighting here as well. He's on the undercard. He's on the untelevised portion of the card. And this is a guy who's really... He's really kind of starting to make some noise uh, in regards to the uh, welterweight division. Uh, he, he's looked good his last couple of fights out. Uh, he was able to stop Ray Robinson uh, here via TKO here this past February. 
he's riding here a, a, a nice let's see, he's on a currently a six fight win streak after losing his first two fights uh, of his career. He lost those back to back excuse me. Lost back to back fights. That was in his first losses, but though he lost back to back fights here in twenty fourteen. Uh since then has now wrote off uh, six straight stop uh, beating Jamal James. Uh and like I said, Thomas DeLorme, he's uh beat being at his decision and then stopped Ray Robinson here this past February. So he's the guy who's really starting to maybe uh, ease and uh, inch himself into that um, contender category here in the RC Welterweight division. This fight here against Jonathan Batista is just just a stay busy fight for him. Um, Batista's got a he's barely got a winning record of seventeen to thirteen. So this is a stay busy fight for you guys. Nothing more than that. Uh, but it's good that he's able to stay busy. Uh, you know he's trying to rebuild himself up. Uh, after those two losses, he had right in kind of the the middle part of his career. He's at 31 years of age, so he wants to stay busy, wants to stay active, uh, and keep his name out there in regards to the welterweight division. A win here, I don't know where exactly that's going to put him at uh, in regards to you know title hunts, but uh, you know he gives him he's a name and he can be an opponent for someone here soon, and can he can definitely pull off the upset. So I look uh, for him to also kind of make a, a flashy win here, but that'll be the untelevised portion here of the card. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to watch the undercard fights on Showtime's uh, YouTube page or not. Uh, nothing's really been clearly said about that, but I believe here on the regular Showtime card, uh, we'll get three fights. We'll get obviously get Earl Spence Jr.'s fight. Uh, we'll get the uh, Ramon, uh, Ramon and uh, Flores fight, and I believe we're going to also get Jorge Fortuna, excuse me, Javier Fortuna and Adrian Ganados. I did this last time. Fortuna fought Robert Easter. I kept calling him um, the baseball player's name and it's uh, uh, Javier Fortuna and, and just getting the name completely wrong. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about baseball and not boxing. I'm seeing the name Fortuna and I'm thinking the baseball player. So forgive me. It's Javier Fortuna uh, who will be fighting here this Saturday night on Showtime. Yeah. No, I was going to do that. No, I was going to do that again here on the show. But uh, forgive me, Fortuna. Forgive me. Now, speaking of Showtime, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fights they had this past weekend. Um, really wasn't that great, truth be told. I, I was kind of wanting more violence from uh, from the Austin Trout, um, Jermel Charlo fight, and we didn't get it. Um, I will say, you know, Trout is a very crafty individual uh, to fight. You know, we, we've seen that in all of his fights that he's had throughout his career. Uh, he's a guy who's not going to just go out. And just he's not there for a paycheck. He's not going to lay an egg. So I, I wasn't overly surprised that Charlo ended up going the full 12 rounds with him. Um, I thought it would be a little bit more violent than what it was. I thought some of the scorecards were a little bit wacky. Uh, but Charlo was able to pick up the win, and that's all that mattered. Now, as far as what's next for Jamel Charlo, that, that's where it's going to get fun. Uh, the overwhelming feeling is there's two guys right now at 154, um, who are the men? Jared Hurd and Charlo. Uh, Jared Hurd, I think, is still kind of getting to know it. Negotiations done. He's trying to get out of this um, this fight they're trying to make uh, with him and a rematch with him and Alexander Lara, which I think is completely and utterly uncalled for and unwarranted. But uh, the sanctioning body sounds like they're trying to force his hand a little bit, and let's hope he can get out of that, or maybe he can push it back. Um, and that's going to be for uh, the. Um, I think it's, it was Laura has the uh, Laura had the IBO uh, and the uh, WBA championships. 
So I think it's the, uh, it's the IBO who's trying to force that rematch that really we don't need. Um, yes, it was a split decision win uh, by Jared Hurd. I thought he won unanimously. It was a good, it was an interesting fight, uh, but definitely uh, Hurd came on and did his thing here late. But you take Arizona Lara out of the picture, you know, that's the fight to make is Jared Hurd versus Charlo. Uh, the other titleist right now is uh, Jaime Munguia, and I, I don't really see him sticking around 154 long. There is talks of him fighting uh, Liam Smith at some juncture here later this summer, uh, somewhere maybe on the East Coast, and defending his championship for the first time. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as legitimately top guys who could be in the pound-for-pound pound conversation, Hurd and Charlo is where it's at. And that's the fight that needs to be made next. Uh, I think it's a big fight. It definitely has big energy fight uh, around it. But, you know, will they Will they do? They truly want each other next. I think Charlo will fight anybody they throw in front of him. I think that goes for Charlo Brothers, period. Those two gentlemen, Jamal and Jamal, will fight anyone they put in front of them. I don't think there's anything that they would do in regards to ducking a fight. That's something I just don't see from them. So I think if it was offered, it's going to make the most sense. And I also think Jared Hurd will do it as well. Uh, I think you got two guys, young guys, who are looking and wanting to fight the best. And Jared Hurd has said he wants to unify the division. Now, uh, with that being stated, once those two guys fight, and the winner of that fight will pretty much hold all the belts except uh, for the WBO championship that's currently held by uh, Jaime Wangia. So... I think it could make a lot of sense. It'd be a great fight to see uh, for Charlo versus Hurd. I don't know if we'll get that here this year before the year is out. If we have to marinate on that, as people like to do so much, uh, because with both these guys fighting here already this spring, you kind of got to wonder a little bit if um, if PBC will have it in its budget uh, to do that fight here before the year is out. And, and typically the fourth quarter of boxing is – somewhat slow. Uh, we've seen in, in years recent it's kind of had more of an uptick, uh, but we'll see. I don't know if that's something that they want to throw out to us here before the year is out. Uh, if these guys will kind of get a stay-busy fight, if they maybe fight mandatories. Um, but I think in Hurd's case, if they're trying to make you fight Lauren next, I would just set it out until the Charlo fight can get set up. That would make the most sense for him. But that that's the fight to make. That's the fight I'm most interested in. I think Styles makes fights, and you know, Charlo said if Jared Herbert is sitting in front of him, uh, like he did Laura, he's going to get hurt. I, I, I don't know. It's tough to call, man. It's tough to call, but that's something that I do want to see, and I think it would be a very entertaining fight, and, and daily, definitely would uh, give the clear cut uh, of who's the best here at 154. Now, uh, the main event here of this past Saturday night down in um, – on Showtime in L.A. It was Leo Santa Cruz versus Amber Morris Part 2. Uh, I said it the first time. I don't remember the first fight. Uh, this one also doesn't do much for me either. I had the fight on. I was watching it, watching it, but I wasn't just wowed by it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of becoming cynical the more and more I watch boxing, but I, there was a lot of punches thrown. Nobody was ever really in any trouble of getting hurt or stopped. Um just the output from Leo Santa Cruz sometimes is just so tough to deal with. Uh, he, he worked his jab and did that fine, but it's just his work rate that's sometimes just too much uh, for opponents to deal with. And we saw that with Abner Mares. Uh He had issues dealing with that that output. He really just couldn't. He couldn't do anything to equal it. So 
Leo Santa Cruz then called out, and they asked him, like, who do you want next? And he said Gary Russell Jr. Uh, Gary Russell is a, the WBC champion. Uh, he said, you know, he's wanting to unify the titles as well. It's one of those things with Gary Russell. I believe it when I see it. There's a guy who just doesn't stay active enough uh, for pretty much everyone in boxing's personal taste. He just doesn't do enough, doesn't stay active enough uh, for him to really stay as relevant as he should be. Uh, this is a guy who has world-class skill and talent, but uh, we'll quickly tell you, you know, we're, we're, we, he says we. You know, he's, talk, he's talking in third person. We're out here preserving the body because we're not staying as active and not fighting as much. Uh, he did hurt his hand against his uh, last opponent, uh, Joseph Diaz, in, in route to winning an unanimous decision there. So I don't know if we'll see Gary Russell Jr. again before this year is out. Uh, you would hope you, you get that fight. Leo Santa Cruz is another guy. He needs to fight again here this year. Uh, there's no excuse for these guys to be fighting once a year. It just it just isn't. I know injuries occur, but you, you got to get healed up. You got to get back at it. But I think that's the fight to make right now in their division is Gary Russell Jr. versus Leo Santa Cruz. Brad Mars, Mars is a tough guy. Mars is going to be a tough out for anyone in the division, and he's going to make a fun, good fight for anyone. Um, I'm going to be – this is going to sound crazy when I say this, but I want to see a guy like Joseph Diaz fight at Abner Mars. Maybe not this year, but maybe sometime at the top of next year. Uh, if Joseph Diaz wants to get in there with the best and, and feels that he can still be a champion – why not? I think that would be no better fight than a fight like that to really see if you can be in there with the top dogs because Morris has been there. Morris has fought with some of the best fighters there is in the world and his division respectively. You know, why not make that fight? Why not go out and challenge yourself if you're Joseph Diaz? I think that'd be a great fight. I think it would do good numbers over in, in, in Los Angeles or somewhere in California. So, you know, I have to reach out to my man Roberto Diaz, matchmaker there for Golden Boy, and say, hey, you know, Joseph Diaz wants to be the best and wants to be a champion. Make that fight happen. Reach out to Abner Mars and see if that's something you can do. Because I think that'd be a hell of a fight uh, for Joseph Diaz to challenge himself. And, and again, even a guy like Mars. Mars just lost a fight here against a champion, uh, you know, to keep himself in cha championship uh, talk, beat another contender. So, you know, I think that's a fight to make for that for them. Uh, definitely a fight that kind of comes out of left field, you know, given – PBC and Golden Boys, um, um, sketchy and, and dark history, if you will, and and Richard Schaefer somehow involved in that as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's wishful thinking. Probably won't happen, but uh, that's a fight I think I would be really interested to see uh, from those two gentlemen going forward, since they're both coming off losses. So we had that here this weekend. This past weekend. So, uh, also, like I said, um, Golden Boy had a card here on ESPN2 on Friday. It got tape delayed. Uh, then that got really delayed due to the NBA Finals. Uh, Diego De La Hoya was able to um, stop his opponent. Um, his name escapes me, so forgive me. But he was able to stop his opponent uh, after he didn't come out from the bell. Really uh, really kind of bizarre. It was uh, These two kind of had a grudge match. You know, They were supposed to fight once before. Uh, Diego didn't make weight. Uh, they were going to fight on the Canelo Triple G undercard here this past May, and we know that got scrapped. Uh, so, you know, they finally fought after um, pretty much like seven, eight months of back and forth and and getting the fight made and not made and happening and not happening, and now finally it happened here. 
uh, this past weekend. So let me get this name. It was uh, Jose uh, Salgado. Uh, he ended up ret- uh, retiring here, did not come out uh, for the eighth round. So that's Diego De La Hoya. Uh, he's still undefeated right now. He is at uh, 21-0. He did land a lot of thudding shots in the fight, uh, but still he seems to lack the punching power that I think he's going to need to really uh, be a, a true force at the Super Bantamweight division. But nevertheless, he, he keeps winning. And he, he was never really in danger in this fight. I, I was pretty impressed by that. Uh, I know that they still, they're kind of going on a slow build with him. They don't want to do anything too crazy and throw him in there. But uh, I obviously with Golden Boy having a card now in September with Triple G Canelo Part 2, I, he's either going to be the co-feature or he's going to be, um, you know, one of the fights on pay-per-view for sure. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be uh, him fighting here in June. You know, September's not not that long away. Give him a couple weeks off. Uh, you know, get back in training camp here, maybe middle of next month, and then it gives him ample time to get himself together for another fight. So, I look for him uh, to fight here in September. Uh, also, Diego, De, uh, also uh, Joseph Diaz as well. I look for him to fight this in September on that card. So, yeah, I, I think that Diego. I don't know what kind of noise he can truly make in the Superman weight division. I think it's uh, he may be lucky enough to where the division is thin enough to where he may have. Um, I don't want to say an easier road, but. It may be an easier pathway to a championship uh, right now. I think it, it may be a um, – maybe it's not as, as many guys there. Um, well, I mean, Daniel Ramon is a guy that he could – you know, that, that would, you know who's fighting this weekend. You know, that could, that could be somebody – you know, Ray Vargas um, would be someone that definitely Golden Boy would maybe look as being – an opponent for him. Vargas is the WBC champion. I guess uh, Isaac Dogbo, a WBO champion. Uh, but the Vargas fight, I could see Golden Boy doing because it's two in-house fighters. Uh, be an easy fight for them to make. But uh, I don't know if I'd want to throw throw him out there quite yet to a guy like Ray Vargas. Vargas is a he's long, he's lanky, he's just tough to fight. Um, but we'll see. I, 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 I'm excited to see what happens for the future for Diego De La Hoya. I, I, I think there's a little bit more substance to him uh, than, um, than meets the eyes. So uh, I, I do know, uh, you know our co-host, Adam Abramowitz, not so much on him. Adam's not uh, the highest on him as, as I am, but I, I still do think he has uh, potential uh, to be a pretty solid fighter. Also on the card... Uh, Travel Maison versus Daquan Ar- uh, Arnett. Uh, that was your uh, co-feature of the night. Uh, that was end up being won by uh, Maison. Uh, he's a guy that the Golden Boy is pretty high on. 22 years old, uh, super welterweight. Looked okay during the fight. Um, I, I, I wasn't blown away by him. I see a lot of holes in this game that he's definitely going to need to pick up and, and definitely. Uh, tighten up going forward, but he looked solid out there. It didn't wasn't wasn't garbage by any means. So I thought he looked pretty good there um, uh, on Friday. So he looks decent there. Now also this past Wednesday uh, we had Hollywood Fight Nights Part Two. 
Uh, that's by 360 Promotions and um, Tom Left, a friend of the show. Uh, that They had that card out there in Hollywood. That was headlined by Dennis Shavikov. Uh, he ended up picking up a victory. They had some women fights on there as well. A uh, pretty good card. And again, that was something that was streamed for free uh, through 360 Boxing's website. So they really gave no one an excuse to miss the fights. So shout out to them for, for making that happen and, and putting that fight card on uh, for everyone to see. So that was here this past uh, Wednesday night. I do know that he's working on another one here. He's going to got a couple of more cards he wants to do here for the Hollywood Fight Night um, before this year is out. I don't know if he's going to do another one here later this summer, but that is the plan, uh, maybe two to three more shows uh, for that series. It's club fights. It's, it's to get some guys uh, some fights uh, that he has signed for 360 Boxing. Uh, to get some guys' exposure, it's to maybe find new talent to sign uh, to 360 Boxing. So, you know, we need that in boxing. We need the club shows. You know, Golden Boy has theirs uh, that they put on uh, the L.A. Fight Club series. So, you know, everyone needs these kind of club shows to put on uh, to help find their uh, their next stars. You know, we heard that last when we had Joe DeGuardi on when he was talking about what he's doing here um, with his series that he puts on. You know, he had the uh, – um, the Rockin' Fights here this past uh, Friday uh, up there in uh, New York, in Huntington, New York. So, I mean, this is something that um, the boxing needs. you got to have these sort of fights uh, and fight cards in order to find those next stars and keep uh, your young guys busy and help these guys get experience uh, for going forward. So, a good deal in regards to that. Now, a couple other things here that I want to go over, and, and hopefully we're going to hear from Joe Smith Jr. here in a little bit. Uh, so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. If not, we'll open the phone lines here in a few moments. Um, let's talk about David Hay retiring. So, uh, David Hay has decided to finally retire from boxing. Now, I will openly admit, I don't like David Hay. I never have. Um, I, I'm not a... Not a, I've never really seen what the point of him was, if that makes any sense. Uh, I never really, I never got him. I, I never understood why people liked him. Uh, I never thought he was that great of a fighter. Um, I just thought it was kind of shit, truth be told. Um, like every time he had a fight, he was somewhere whining or complaining about something after the fight. Uh, whether he was complaining about his toes after his Klitschko fight. Uh, him pulling out of fights due to injury, I just never, I never seen it. I never really completely grasped the hold of him being this this great fighter. Um, I know it was some, it was a certain point in time Slims were kind of picking, uh, Slims there for uh, for the UK boxing fans, so I think they kind of gravitated to him because well there wasn't a lot to choose from uh, there in the there for UK fighters. I just never seen it. I just never saw what the whole point of David Hay was, and um, I never liked him. And uh, he blocked me on Twitter for me saying these things. So, you know, I, I'm not totally surprised by it. Um, it is what it is. You know, I, I speak the truth. No, I, I don't think you're that great of a fighter. Yes, I do find you annoying, and I uh, don't take it back. Uh, he retires at, at 28-4. and four. Uh, with 26 KOs, three of those four losses are also KOs. Uh, he's coming off of back-to-back losses to Tony Bellew, uh, where though he got uh, TKO'd in, in both of those fights. Other memorable loss, Nanus decision loss to Vladimir Klitschko uh, back in 2011, and a loss to Carl 
uh, Thompson for the uh, Walter, uh, excuse me, Cruiserweight Championship back in 2004. Uh, he'd been pro here since 2002. Um, really made his bearings and really did gain his fame fighting at Cruiserweight. Uh, won a lot of championships there. Uh, did a lot of things there. Uh, then moved up to heavyweight uh, back in. I think he moved actually won his first heavyweight championship back in 2009. Um, fought a couple guys, defended some championships, never really, um, didn't fight the, I mean, he, he talked him way into the Vladimir Klitschko fight. Um, he actually gained the WBA championship, uh, beating, uh, Vuev, uh, back in 2009. He also was able to TKO John Ruiz, uh, Adrian Harrison, uh, excuse me, Oddly Harrison. Uh, that was a big fight up there in the UK, uh, back in 2010. And then he talked himself into the Klitschko fight in 2011, uh, then said he had, you know, toe problems and took off his shoe after the fight uh, to show that he really was injured. Uh, and then that just kind of that this kind of started the weirdness that was David Hay. Um, he then fought a year later against uh, Derek Chisora, TKO'd him in the uh, fifth round. And he really good, it was actually a really good fight, truth be told. I'm not going to lie about that. The Ch- uh, Derek Chisora fight I loved uh, from David Hay. Uh, the buildup for that was really big. And that, that was one of those fights I think that was really big and pivotal. Uh, for UK boxing, especially heavyweight boxing over there in the UK, that was a big fight for them. So that he he, he did do some good things for them in regards to that fight. Um, but then he, you know, after that fight, we saw him, you know, um, pretty much retire. Uh, you know, he had some injuries. He had shoulder injuries. He had leg injuries. Uh, so that was he beat your store in 2012. Didn't come back and fight again until 2016. Uh, fought a couple of no name guys whose names I can't even enunciate. Um, he picked up wins there, and then he was ready to for another big fight, payday, in 2017. He didn't really get the fight that he wanted. He got Tony Bellew, who was also a big trash talker there in the U.K. Uh, Bellew TKO'd him in the uh, 11th. He ended up, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, David, he ended up uh, hurting his Achilles in the fight. Uh, you know, a year later, he comes back. They, they rematch, and Bellew actually TKO's him in five this time. So, you know, like I said, nothing – David Hayes' resume for me does little to nothing. You know, it is what it is. Goodbye. I'm, I'm not going to miss him. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that, that's it that in a nutshell. So, David Hayes gone. So, goodbye, David Hayes. Um, I guess we'll miss you. Unfortunately, we'll probably see him doing more commentary. Um, you know – he should get into some promotions. I do know he has his David Hay promotions. He has a fighter in, uh, I think it's John Joyce is his name. He's a heavyweight. Uh, he's friends with Richard Schaefer. So look for them, maybe do some business. Uh, I think that he's a good talker, and I think he can actually do a good job uh, in that. I think that's something that he actually has a very bright future in, truth be told, uh, is promoting it and talking that talk and maybe getting uh, some fighters uh, to sign with him and, and working with fighters and helping promote them. Or even as a commentator, I thought he's done a pretty good job in some of the UK fights. I've heard him do commentary in, so uh, I think he'll be pretty good there. Uh, also in the news, uh, you know, last week we were talking about a fight between Dylan White and uh, Luis Ortiz uh, and Joseph Parker, Brian Jennings. Well, those fights aren't happening. Instead, what's happening is Dylan White versus Joseph Parker. Uh, that fight is now going to happen over in the UK. Uh, that will happen here on – let me get the exact date for you. Um, that will happen here on July 28th. 
So about a month and a half from now, uh, the two heavyweights are going to clash in a very interesting fight. Uh, these guys are both former opponents of Anthony Joshua. Uh, Dylan White's aiming and wanting that rematch against Joshua. Uh, you know, he gave him maybe one of his toughest tests to his career besides uh, Klitschko. So, uh, yeah, that that's a fight that's now going to happen. Uh, pretty much you can look at it as the, being a heavyweight eliminator. Now, also in that undercard, we're going to see Kel Brook, uh, who's going to be making his uh, return track uh, back to the top, if you will, now fighting here at 154. Uh, he's going to be facing a guy named Brandon Cook, who I have no idea who he is. Uh, but, um, yeah, Brooke is uh, he's making his comeback. Now, this is now going to be Brooke's second fight since suffering back-to-back losses to Earl Smith Jr., Gennady Golovkin, and where he had his opener bones broke in both fights. So uh, he is looking to um, to come back and then continue this march on, now fighting at 154. Uh, he did pick up a win here this past March. So now he's uh, he's looking to continue to do it. He's looking to continue to move up. Uh, we do know there's been some talk that he's wanting a rematch against Earl Smith Jr., uh, he's even thrown some names out there that he wants to fight some of the guys like Jared Hurd. Um, I even think he's even brought up Charlo's name here at 154. Uh, I, I love Kel Brook, but yo, that, that's that's I, I, if you thought Earl Smith broke your face, if you thought Gennady Golovkin broke your face, Jared Hurd and Jared uh, and Jamal Charlo would do the same. So I, I don't really favor uh, him in that regards doing that. So n- not a smart move. Not a smart move. Um, Another news here is that, that was kind of going on over the last couple of weeks is David Benavidez was having some issues here with his promoter. Um, there were some people around him trying to get him out of his deal um, uh, with his uh, promoter, uh, Simpson, uh, Lewaski of Samson Boxing. So Samson Boxing was his promoter. Uh, they thought they'd had a David Benavidez. We thought was going over the top rank. Uh, last week, actually a couple of weeks ago, he accepted a, a quarter of a million dollar signing bonus uh, with Top Rank. And here on um, here yesterday, uh, he decided to have a change of heart and said, "No, nah, I'm good. I, I want to go back to Samson Boxing." Now, the way this all breaks down is he actually gave the money back to Bob Arum, uh, got him a cashier's check, sent him um, a letter saying, you know, he appreciated the opportunity, but he's he's going to stick where he's at. And for Bob Aaron, Bob Aaron has made it clear that um, he really didn't have any interest in, in dealing with litigation, and he said, you know, we're moving on. Uh, to quote Bob Aaron, he returned the money, a cashier's check, with a nice letter stating he wanted to stay with Samson. So we decided to honor the request, and even even though he signed with us, we wished him good luck. So, you know, he also went on to say the only reason we signed him was because he came up to the office and said, uh, Heyman and Samson Boxing uh, were doing him, were doing bad by him, and wanted him to sign. He wanted to sign with us. He said he had a breach of contract and wanted to come to us. He changed his mind. We said fine. He sent us back the money, and that's it. Now, what makes this interesting is uh, Jose Benavidez, who is David B- David Benavidez's older brother, uh, is a welterweight who signed with Top Rank. He's been there the entire uh, length of his career. Uh, working with top rank. Uh, you know, I hope the best for David Benavidez. I don't know what's going to, to come of that. Um, I know Samson Boxing has had, um, they, they've had some fighters in, in the past. And, they, you know, I know uh, I was reading this article on ESPN that they didn't want to give up on another one. You know, they they one time they had, this is the kind of list of guys they've had. Sergio Martinez, um, they lost, um, 
See, they had Manny Pacquiao at one time. Uh, so they, they've lost some guys, you know, and he didn't want to keep losing guys uh, that he had, he had built up. You know, he so he lost him. Uh, he, he also had um, Lucas Matisse at one time. So, you know, he's seen guys who have been names and draws in boxing come and go, and he didn't want to lose David Benavidez. And I, I can't blame him. You know, so Benavidez is, from what I understand, uh, is still signed with Samson Boxing, at least for the next one to two years, uh, possibly even longer. Uh, depends on what kind of uh, contracts he has. So we, we'll see. I, I hope the best for him. I hope it works out. Uh, but far too often we see a lot of uh, a lot of weird things when it comes to these boxing contracts. Uh, we just want to see David Benavidez get back in the ring uh, sooner than later. Uh, he is maybe the, the best guy at super middleweight right now, or maybe one of the more exciting guys that has the name buzzing about him. Uh, I would love to see him fight the, the winner of the Smith-Groves uh, fight maybe later this year, top of next year. I think it would be a big fight for him. But this kid needs to get big fights. Uh, he needs big money. I think he deserves it. So we'll see what if, if Samson Boxing really does right by him or if he made a mistake going back with them. So, you know, strange times in boxing, man. I, I, very rarely do you hear about somebody giving money back, but uh, Benavidez did the right thing, gave the quarter million dollars back to Bobby and the folks at top rank. So we'll see. We'll see what happens and how that plays out with Benavidez going forward. And we're still waiting to hear back, uh, hear from our guest tonight, um, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, uh, hopefully he, we hear from him. Uh, I'm kind of reaching out to my people now. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get him on the show or not here tonight. So uh, with that being stated, we'll open the phone lines up. So if anyone's listening to the show live and you want to talk some boxing, you can call in area code 929-477-3165. Uh, also tweet me throughout the show if you haven't already. Brandon P2TF. Uh, and um, yeah, yeah, Brandon did punch the face. Uh, that, that's where it's at. That's where you need to tweet me. So, uh, Brandon P2TF. So, we'll open the phone lines here uh, for the last little bit and we'll see if uh, we give Joe some time to call in uh, to come on the show. Uh, also, some more contract news that really isn't what it is. So, uh, there was a report earlier this week that Dimitri Buev had signed with uh, DAZN. Uh, and Eddie Hearn, and was going to be a part of that new uh, streaming service that Eddie Hearn was offering for boxing. He had signed with the Zone. Now that may not be the case. So his representative Dmitry Buev vehemently denied here today that they have signed with Eddie Hearn. They're, they've done no business with him. Nothing is signed. Uh, they're they're good where they're at. Now, like I said, this is where it gets kind of weird. Uh, Dmitry Buev is somewhat – I'll have to get maybe some clarification from Kathy Duke. We'll, we'll get Kathy Duke here on the show uh, before her next card here on August 4th. Uh, from what everybody has understood or, or had a, a idea of is that as far as America goes, main events was helping promote Buev here. Um, so he's somewhat signed with them here. Now – his actual promoter is uh, like a world world boxing. I'm, I'm trying to remember, think of the name. I think it's world boxing something. Um, this is maybe just maybe world boxing. I don't know. But main events was his promoter here. Now, 
this news that broke out about him signing with uh, zone didn't really sound right. Um, it's been a lot of rumors in regards to people who have signed with Eddie Hearn, and then we find out that that's not really the case. We don't know who's with Eddie Hearn right now. Um, I don't know if Eddie Hearn really knows who's with Eddie Hearn right now. There's been a lot of names that have been floated you know, around. Uh, there's been guys who say they've gotten contracts from him. But no one really knows uh, what it is and where he's actually at. So it's a excuse me, it's a world of boxing. That's that's his actual promoter's world of boxing. Uh, that was a first statement that was released by Buev's manager that he is not signed with Matchroom USA. Uh, he's not fighting on uh, on the zone. So uh, interesting times here. Now he is going to be facing I guess, Isaac Chidamba. Here on August 4th is a co-feature on the uh, Kovalev, uh, Edner Alvarez card that air on HBO. The HBO's first fight, pretty much of the, pretty much it is the only fight of the summer HBO is doing. Uh, that is the next time you'll see any sort of boxing on HBO, at least for the time being, is August the 4th. So you'll be able to see uh, Buev then. I, I know that everyone, a part of that, wants to have him fight a bigger opponent. I, I do know that I, I that. They'd reached out to maybe even get Badu Jack for that fight. Uh, that didn't happen. So uh, we get Isaac Chalampa at this rate. So, again, an, another one who's you, you got to kind of wonder. You, we really want to see Dimitri step up. Like, I want to see him step up. I want to see him have a big fight. And it's not happening. You know, the, the Kovalev fight is the one that seems to be brewing in the pot. That's the fight that's out there. But I don't. Uh, you know, Kovalev doesn't seem overly interested in it. I think Kovalev wants bigger fights that are going to make more money at this point of his career, and I can't blame him. Uh, you know, he got his big paydays uh, here over the last couple of years fighting Andre Ward twice, fighting um, Bernard Hopkins. So he wants to continue to make big money against big names, uh, not so much against guys who are champions but may not be uh, the most well-known upset champions. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But Dmitry Buev, um, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he's still with his original pro, uh, promoters. He's not with the zone. We shall see uh, where that goes with him going forward. But the zone, from what I'm understanding, we're going to get some sort of announcement here before the month's out, um, some kind of formal announcement in regards to uh, fighters that are signed there with them, and maybe even an outline of some upcoming cards they're going to put out here on the um, on the on the platform. So uh, again, we kind of have to uh, wait and see approach in regards to uh, where and what we're going to see from them. So there you go. So um, looking like our guest tonight may not show up. So uh, we may be ending out here the show here in a little bit. Like I said, if you're still listening to the show and want to call in, talk anything in regards to Terrence Crawford. Uh, Jeff Horn, Earl Spence Jr., uh, anything. You can reach out 929-477-3165. Again, or you can tweet me at Brandon P2TF uh, as well on Twitter. So um, just kind of going down what's the coming up fights here this weekend. Not much uh, besides the the Earl Spence fight here that we get on Showtime um, on Saturday. There's nothing else really major out there for us boxing wise against it's kind of been been a slow early summer if you will uh, we kind of got spoiled we had a lot of fights there early on here this year 
Um, some some better than others, some cards better than others, but right now it's a little bit slow in regards to some of the fights that are going on. So uh, the big one as far as coming on television is uh, the Showtime card uh, this weekend here with Earl Smith Jr. defending his championship. Uh, you have some other fights here going on, smaller fights uh, going on out here. Uh, there will be a, a tape delay card uh, from ESPN and Golden Boy here on Friday. Um, kind of be, um, I think that's going to be a um, like a almost kind of, kind of like a club card. Uh, they're going to put on. So that'll be on ESPN here on Friday. <sighs> a guy that um, a lot of people are kind of high on it. We want to see what he's going to do fighting over in London on Saturday. Joe Joyce, I know. Um, Either he's promoted or he's being trained or he's working with, to some degree, David Hay. Uh, he is going to be defending his Commonwealth heavyweight title over there in London against uh, Richard um, Larty. So Joe Joyce, we'll get to see more of him again here um, fighting in London. And uh, also, if I'm looking at this right, and I believe I am, uh, hmm. That's interesting. Well, Bellator fighter, um, MMA fighter Michael Page will also be fighting on that same London card. Go figure. So he's out there doing his thing boxing as well. So you have that here. Um, excuse me, that's Friday. That's the 15th. So that's on Friday. Uh, the Golden Boy card is actually tomorrow. So Golden Boy's card is here on Thursday, tape delayed on ESPN. Uh, it's a next day tape delay on ESPN Deportes, which is crazy. Uh, so we'll see that on the 14th. Uh, then the 15th is Joe Joyce fight, so that one's on Friday. Like I said, Saturday we have the aforementioned uh, Errol Spence Jr. card. Uh, BN Sports will have a card on as well. Uh, integrated pay-per-view from Puerto Rico. Uh, Angela Costa will face a – will defend his championship, his WBO uh, Super Featherweight title against Carlos uh, Bartiago at a 12-round bout. Um, yeah, so that'll be an integrated sports pay-per-view from Puerto Rico uh, for his WBO Junior Flyweight Championship. So you have that on Saturday. And beyond that, it's kind of a quiet card, uh, quiet weekend in regards to boxing. Uh, Marco Huck is still out there trying to get checks. Uh, he'll be fighting in Germany on Saturday as well. Another one of those guys just doesn't know when he needs to hang it up. So he's fighting here on Saturday. Um, and then um, nothing else really until next week. A couple of club cards here and there. And also next weekend, uh, next Friday night, uh, Clarissa Shields will be defending her. Uh, actually, she's going to be challenging for the Women's Middleweight Championships, the IBF and WBA. Also on the same card, Christina Hammer versus Tori Nelson uh, for the WBC, WBO Middleweight Championship. So these two women are fighting each other here in hopes of setting up a a showdown versus each other. Uh, later this year in the middleweight division here for women's boxing. But that's not until next weekend. So beyond that, it's like I said, it's a quiet weekend. Uh, there will be another go here uh, next week, next weekend that is, uh, for ESPN Plus, is they're going to be airing the Martin Murray fight against Roberto Garcia. Uh, Martin Murray was supposed to fight Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders pulled out saying he had a bad hamstring. Uh, you know, credit to the people involved with that card. Uh, finding an opponent to keep Martin Murray on there, uh, keeping him busy and him being able to uh, to fight. Unfortunately, this fight got delayed twice. So, you know, he, he kind of felt bad for Martin Murray because he was just – he's been put in a shitty position uh, in that regard. So he was uh, 
wanting in, wanting to fight, needing needing a fight, and he's getting it. Roberto Garcia steps in on two weeks' notice, and actually he's going to defend. Uh, it's like a WBC Intercontinental Championship of some sorts, but a stay busy fight for Mark Murray here in the middleweight division. Maybe he can get himself in a uh, a bigger fight down the line. So that card will actually be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so that'd be one to check out here on uh, June 23rd. So you'll have that, and also on that undercard, Ohari Davies, uh, Anthony Yardley's on that card, Daniel uh, Dubas is on that card. So interesting card here on ESPN Plus, and as well that same weekend, ESPN Plus again. We'll, we'll definitely remind the, the listeners to about this here next week. But uh, they also have Miguel Burchek uh, versus Victor uh, Barrios uh, for. Uh, Burchip's WBC lightweight title, junior lightweight title. That'll also be on ESPN Plus. So uh, they're definitely picking it up. Um, so um, you know, a lot of cards in a short amount of time uh, from ESPN Plus. So that that's a good thing. You know, we we want to see that. So we'll give a. We'll, yeah, I encourage people keep your EMC ESPN Plus through the month. Watch those cards next weekend. But again, we'll remind listeners about that here next week. Um, you know, we're getting here towards the back end of the show. I never, I haven't heard back from people involved, so I'm just assuming uh, it's been a long training day here for Joe Smith Jr. We missed him. Uh, we'll maybe try to catch him on the rebound. Uh, also, somebody we do, we do want to shout out because we tried to get him here on the show, uh, but schedule-wise, we couldn't get it lined up. Uh, but maybe we can here now that this fight is over. Shout out to Maurice Hooker. Maurice Hooker went over to the UK, uh, fought a, a very game Terry Flanagan and actually won on the cards. Uh, he did something that we very rarely see happen in boxing today. An American goes overseas and actually wins on the cards. Very rarely do we see that. Even if a fight is completely and utterly one-sided, we very rarely see the, uh, the American fighter get the benefit of the doubt and pick up a win. We so rarely see that. So for him to not only go over there and take the fight, he goes over there and picks up the win. You know, kudos to Maurice Hooker. So we want to give a, a big shout-out to Maurice Hooker for capturing that championship. Uh, now he's going to be part of the World Boxing Super Series. So good for him. Um, you know, he's now going to be able to uh, to make some money. Um, unfortunately, he's the, he's the last man standing. You know, he's literally the last fighter of any note on Rock Nation Sports. Um you you never know, man. He may be the guy to lead them into the future. It'd be crazy, but uh, stranger things have happened. You know, Maurice Hooker may be the face of Rock Nation boxing. I, I think if you said that here two or three years ago uh, when he had signed and when they had guys like Miguel Cotto and Andre Ward and Guillermo Rigondeaux, um, it seemed like they had a couple other names here and there that were kind of popping off that, you know, here in 2018, the last man standing amongst those would be Maurice Hooker. Go figure, but uh, congratulations to him on picking up that championship and doing his thing over there in the U.K., and now it's going to be part of the World Boxing Super Series. So uh, kudos to him, and, and best luck to him in the future. We're definitely going to reach back out and see if we can get him on the show here in the coming weeks uh, prior uh, to him entering in the World Boxing Super Series. So uh, there is that. So my voice is starting to crack and start to go, uh, so uh, I think that's time to end everything. So with that being stated, Again, make sure you follow me on Twitter uh, if you listen to the show for the first time. It's Brandon P2TF. Uh, and as well, visit PunchTheFace.com where you can listen to all the old episodes. Uh, and as well, visit my, my good buddy Adam Abramowitz 
He's on Twitter at SN Boxing as well as SaturdayNightBoxing.com. Uh, also, uh, make sure you join the Facebook group where we talk boxing. And also, you get an opportunity to submit questions for um, uh, guys we're going to have on the show. Uh, so definitely uh, join the uh, the group on um, Facebook, SN Boxing. That is the group on Facebook, so definitely do that. Uh, and as well, if you've missed any of the shows, you can always catch up on them on various platforms. iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, and as well as Stitcher Radio. It's all going to be the same, Punch to the Face Radio. It's always going to be the number two, not the word two. So Punch to the Face Radio. Search it, listen, share, um, and uh, give us feedback on what you think of the show, man. We appreciate uh, all the supporters and all the love we get from everybody across the board. Uh, so we do appreciate that. We appreciate all the listeners, all the tweets we get throughout the week. So uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter because I'll be tweeting about the fights this weekend. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what we do here. Uh, but like I said, my voice is starting to go. Uh, we haven't heard anything from our guests. So, uh, again, apologies for those uh, waiting to hear Joe Smith Jr. on the show tonight. Uh, like I said, I, I, scheduling-wise, things pop up, but we never heard anything back. So we're, we'll maybe get something set up here for maybe later in the month, next month. Uh, but we'll, we'll get him back on the show here soon. With that being stated, I want everyone to stay safe. Game <laughs> to talk. Want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another, because it's the only way we're going to get through this. I am Brandon Stubbs, and this is Punch in the Face Radio.